Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, this uh, this here podcast is hosted by Jay Kyle Mann of the Dime Drop and another fellow. Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Yep, yep, yep. Every single day if it's a big, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, it's a big deal to us, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to just dissect it and pull it apart. Uh, something special today. We are, we are here in person. We're sitting here in Kyle's office. Usually on the phone. Well, Usu- not on the phone, but through a... Through a uh, from from you're in Louisville and I'm in Lexington. When we uh, over the miracle of the internet, talk talk directly into that into that. Oh, okay. Is that what this thing? This microphone down uh, a little bit. You can. Right, let me just uh, adjust that all through right. the miracle of uh, sound technology and capture and and, and then digital conversion. Uh, we're going to be able to hear you a little bit better there. Uh, today we're going to talk. Well, well, I was just going to comment. You know, you have a very your house just has sort of a Z gallery polish. It's just it's. Everything is carefully placed. I know that every you probably go around and like very carefully move things. Like if if you have like a bunch of figurines, Kyle would come through and just like angle them to be facing perfectly forward. I do that. Yeah, it's weird. Like I uh, like when I clean out my shower and stuff, I face all my like shampoos and stuff. Like oh my god! I, I mean, I'm not like full blown OCD. I'm I can I can easily at times live in squalor. Uh, Especially when I'm like working on a story that like this whole basement that you're in is like kind of my space and that I uh, live and work in uh, late at night and it kind of becomes uh, a total disaster. But yeah, this little item here to uh, to the side is interesting. What is with the in one into the keys? Is I have no idea. It's one of those things you what buy the that's like hell decor. Is that? I'm, I'm gonna put that on social media at some point. <laughs> it's meant to be. I think it's supposed to just be a coat hanger. But then it's got a set of keys. Like, I mean, are you a warden? Why? Are they- it does look like a prison. It looks like a thing you'd find in a prison. Yeah, those are prison. I guess those are prison cell keys. So I don't know. Yeah, he's got, I got a, my drink cart here for the happy a, hour. Yeah, and he's got like a thing for mules, like he the copper mugs down here. Uh, but yeah, Kyle, Kyle is you know, definitely. Tell, we, let's just give people a tour of the office while we're here. I got this. Uh, to your right is uh, in a in a shadow box is uh, my grandfather played on a like semi pro baseball team. Oh. And that's a picture of him there. And uh, I thought you bought that at the Cracker. No, we had, store no. There is a bunch of that. The you know just the day the uh, manufactured decor. But uh, my family went on this run of just like uh, just devastatingly sentimental Christmas gifts for me for, for oh. a few years in a row because I'm really close. I was like very very close to my grandfather. You see here my nameplate. On my oh, desk. that's why you named Tom your son Stroud. Stroud. Yeah, it's, I made this in shop class in like sixth grade. Tom Stroud nameplate, and uh, so my my son is named after him, Stroud Thomas, and um, he was just an important person to me, and has since passed. And so he was on the semi pro baseball team. There's a picture of him there. And one year, my mom somehow, like it was local, and so she found somebody in town that had That's one of his? their old it's not his oh, but it's okay. one of their uniforms it's a one of those wool baseball uniforms brown store was the the name of the you know the sponsor of the team huh. and it did exactly as you would expect it c- completely moved me to tears as soon as i opened it and realized what it was are you nervous uh, you're sweating no it's just hot in here no uh, i think you're yeah, just I am nervous, nervous. Uh, and out of that, shape that picture back there is my grandparents' property. You guys can't see any of this, but you can hear now what's in my office. You know what matters we'll to me. Put a couple pics up, I think, if Kyle's okay with it. <laughs> um, this is my grandfather's baseball mask. And that's the 
flag that he got when he died uh, from his first military service. Another Christmas gift that uh, clobbered me. So yeah, a lot of a lot of crazy stuff. I have two bats up here. At some point, I'm going to find a way for charity. I've teased this before, but you can see there's a blue bat up there. Uh, Louisville Slugger sent me like a commemorative bat uh, when they won the national championship, Kentucky. It's oh, got okay. all the scores of the NCAA tournament run like engraved in it. Huh. It's pretty they nice. They just randomly it. sent it. To I don't you? know why they just sent it. Uh, Must be a Kentucky fan there, uh, or just to like so they could get some promotion out of it. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Old yeah. typewriter. Anyway, a lot of books in here. Raw recruit. It's kind of relevant. Yeah, he's got a good office, folks. It's great. Uh, you know, I I think that uh, you're talking about OCD. Something that drives me nuts is whenever someone says. Uh, oh, I'm so, that's my OCD or like just because they have like a habit of being meticulous about one thing or something. It's like, no, people that have OCD have it pretty bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. So it's, I'm not, yeah, I'm it's not like a legit the, disease. Yeah. <laughs> and, disorder. I, I, and so I'm not like that. Like I don't like rub my hands like a million times or whatever. I, but I have a few little ticks, a little, a few little things that my wife would tell you make me a little bit crazy, but I'm sure I'm sure. So today we were going to talk about, uh, some, some UK basketball stuff, just sort of previewing it. And an important part of I mean, everybody knows this but an important part of of uk's success has been sort of the relationship to the nba um you know in recent years i feel like kentucky that was lacking for a long time in like the 90s you know north carolina really had that going they had that going for them the enormous alumni network and just the the constant it's built-in marketing and that's sort of an argument i've had with one of my one of my friends who's a big U of L fan uh, I just like hand motioned him into the ocean just now. <laughs> but he always, one of the things he always comes back to is, man, like, who gives a crap about the NBA? And I'm like, well, the you players know, you're recruiting next. That's who cares. <laughs> that's who cares. And that's yeah. why it's important. And it's just such a huge thing. And, you know, Kentucky and Cal's pedigree and, and taking the guys there uh, has been, you know, a big part of it. That was the big switch that was flipped, I think. Well, uh, here's what I'd say to your friend that cares a lot about Louisville and wants to know who cares about the NBA. When Devin Askew makes his decision between Kentucky and Louisville, and he cites Cal Perry's nine NBA point guards, then you'll understand. <laughs> like yeah. That's who cares. I mean, and even Kentucky fans, that get frustrated by, like, oh, the, all the focus. And that's one thing I think people have a hard time. Kentucky fans have a hard time separating what Cal is saying and why he's saying it. Like, Making all the emphasis about gra- calling NBA draft day gradu- you know, graduation day or best day of the year or best day in the moment in the program's history. He, he does mean that. It's important to him. But he that's a message to recruits. Like mm-hmm. They're going to keep pushing that NBA narrative because it's, it is their recruiting pitch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the most value. You could, you could spend $10 million a year on your recruiting budget and never get the, the – the, return on investment of just being able to give a recruit a if you gave him a white piece of lined piece of notebook paper with the list of nba players on it and spent no other recruiting money you'd out recruit almost everybody in america yeah that'd so, be an interesting approach so <laughs> it would be i mean one year you ought to just put it on a note card and say i and know you've gotten some really walk away i know you've gotten some really flashy you know, glossy things and, you know, schools, uh, Adobe Photoshopping your face on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Mm -hmm. I just have this for you and just hand them a note card. Like, here are all the players total. And on the back are just the players at your position. And like, or 
here is a list of where Tyler Hero, Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, and Devin Booker were yeah, ranked as high school recruits. And here is where they were drafted in the NBA. And here is their current NBA contract. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, those are two guys who, those are three guys who in five years between them could have three or four hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Who were not even consensus five star recruits. So anyway, stuff like that, like. That's why. That's why it matters. And it matters. It's huge. It's huge. And that is why on October 6th, um, next week, we're, as, as people are listening to this, it'll be next week, um, Kentucky will have its fourth, fifth combine. I remember uh, them NBA doing combine, it maybe with New Orleans and them. Did they do Maybe it? six then, yeah. Gosh, maybe seven. <laughs> Am I imagining I don't that? think they did it with the Anthony maybe Davis team. The 15 team, I feel like, did it. Yeah. I now that's a like, good question. Like how many uh, combines? Uh, let's see if it's even maybe. Man, it's so crazy how many times we got to watch that 15 team play. Like if you think about all of the stuff, like the Bahamas. And that's, and the, you know, that that was what made, in addition to almost going undefeated, like help make it so beloved because you got to like spend some, uh, like especially for a Calipari team, you got to spend more time enjoying that team because a big chunk of it was there the year before and they made a run all the way to the NCAA title game. So all the guys who came back played uh, 40 games Mm -hmm. and then, or 39 because they did, yeah, no 40, they played 40 games and then they play all summer. They have their combine, all those things. And then they play another 39 games. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean that, I mean that team was really what, Kentucky fans in the Calipari era, if say when they say what they crave from the program, that's what it is. Some and not continuity even, and some yeah. Not even the undefeated part. Just like they were able to love that team for a little while. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find NBA. Let's uh, let's before we get into talking about the the combine and and uh, and transitioning into talking about this year's team a little more specifically, we're gonna we'll take a little quick break. So October 6th, the I believe, I was trying to look while we took a break. I was trying to look. I know they did one as going back as far as uh, 2014. So this would be 14, 15, 16, 17. Sixth, the sixth uh, at least consecutive pro day. Uh, all, I think all now have been televised. And this one's going to be televised as well, which is crazy. It becomes like a, a – it is nationally broadcast them – going through drill and it's very very unwatchable cal is very funny about how shameless he is and when he promotes this type of stuff because i remember in the bahamas specifically this past summer uh cal set up a table on the baseline i don't i think they did this we could probably find out uh there were these little just it, it looked like home printer printouts of like nba team logos and they were lined up on the table oh yeah so it was 100 percent just like a certain I don't know. I, I would imagine that scouts typically want to not be have attention like that brought to them. Maybe not. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, that, that every game that they attend, they have a name. You know, their their name and team affiliation. But an enormous logo that yeah. you can see. Oh, from I'm the sure. Court. Look, there's there's always <laughs> theatrics with Cal. There's no no doubt about it. But yeah. um, so they're they're going to do this pro day, which begs the question. And we're going to talk more about the impact of these players as it relates to Kentucky. But it does sort of bring up the question, like, who do you think, maybe not even right this minute, but on the in the long term, who has the the biggest NBA potential on this this year's roster? Well, in the NBA, you've got to kind of break it out into um, there's there are a few just simple categories to think about it. It's like okay, so you got 
catch and shoot guys in the NBA are really important. You've got high level, like a, can a guy carry a, a big load as a pick and roll player? Can a guy carry a big load as a pick and roll uh, partner, like a big guy? Like as a, and when you know we talk a lot about short roll and like create, that's important these days because the game is so wide uh, and that they put a lot of pressure on on picking really good pick and roll players like James Harden. Luka Doncic players like that that you need to have a good secondary decision maker to hit those shooters so you, you want to have the shooters you want to have the decision makers you also want to have like we talk about vertical spacers guys that can catch lobs like your Clint Capellas guys like that um, and post-up players it's there's still some of those around um, so if you look at this team you're looking at players like your catch and shoot guys that I think could translate just looking at the roster just on the surface I think that Juzang fits that bill as somebody that has sort of that Danny Green type body, like uh, that could. Uh, I've yet to really see anything to give me a lot of hope that he's like a two way, like a three and D type guy to stay on the floor, um, because there are a lot of guys like him these days. It, like I said, if we're categorizing it that way, I don't know if you can remember all the things I just listed. Yeah, but uh, who jumps out to you? you well, know? I think Maxi will be a terrific pick and roll guy, mm-hmm. um, and just general scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, Juzang. Juzang is the guy that I've been, you know, sort of uh, obviously hyping up for a while now. Um, just because, especially as it relates to this Kentucky team, maybe, I mean, and it, and it I, I will obviously give him a chance to play in the NBA. He is going to be a, a, a dead eye shooter. I think he'll be a 40, maybe not immediately, but I think he's a 40 plus percent three point shooter, which. You have to have Kentucky has to have this year one of those guys, and and for him in the NBA because I don't think he's like a an elite defender. Um, he's definitely going to have to be a great shooter, um, and, but I do think he can do more than that. You know, like I said, he's played he has played some point guard. He can handle the ball. I mean, Joel Justice has even said when we had him on the podcast, you know, he could be a third ball handler for us, um, which I think says, speaks to what they think of his skill set. Um, when you talk about, you know, people want to do the Tyler Hero comp, or I think some of that's hopefulness, but also it's because he can score at multiple levels. He can, you know, put the ball on the floor and hit the floater and hit the, you know, Tyler was really seemed to like that pull up mid range, which the NBA doesn't really like. But well, if you uh, can hit the floater, they love it. Yeah, it's the problem is that it's just been a low efficiency shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> this is totally a, a um, random thought, but. Will somebody come along who is like the Steph Curry of the mid-range, the floater game? You know what I mean? It's because funny that you say that, man. I don't. I'm. I, this will be really quick. I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> Lamelo Ball has unbelievable touch in the middle of the floor. Like I'm, I'm thinking like, and and apparently he practices that shot. You know, Trey Young's good at that shot too. Uh, I think that we're going to see a revolution where guys are because hitting there's that a floater. Uh, there's a there's room for that one because defenses don't care. They don't have they to care it about up. it because they're they're stretching out to defend the three and if they're that aggressive uh playing out wide they've then i mean and if you've spaced the floor what is what's the point of spacing the floor if you don't use all that space right yeah. like and so if and you don't want to over along, you don't want to overcommit and and get into like a lot of like chaotic rotations because they they would rather just give that floater up than like and oh, play the percentage sell out and it's and two versus to, three so. and then you get moving your defense gets moving and the still the good offenses still are going to get you get you moving but I, you talked about Maxi I think Maxi I, I really want to see him get some reps as a playmaker as a, as a pick and roll guy uh, for UK he kind of strikes me as maybe a secondary 
sort of offensive piece in the NBA. I don't I don't know that he's quite good enough. I don't know that Kentucky has a primary offensive yeah. load bearing kind of piece on this roster. Um, uh, last year, I mean, something interesting that I heard JJ Reddick say because uh, people gave and it was something that happens at these combines is they basically put players into spreadsheets and, right. and they start to look at those numbers and i i've fallen prey to this a lot too like uh and folly dante he had incredible measurements like uh I mean, we're talking like plus wingspan and what we mean by that is just you rattle off a lot of these terms and don't stop to wonder if <laughs> if people even know what you're talking about but just meaning that your wingspan is longer than your height which means that you can defend without fouling it means that you can uh fin- you know it helps in finishing things like that you just occupy more space than a normal person when you're when exactly. you got a seven eight wingspan you're a huge and you're seven feet tall you're just a huge uh impediment especially defensively mm-hmm. impediment and target offensively they can throw you a lob totally. that you can't miss basically yeah yeah and like it, that comes into play in a lot of different areas like a guy like shea Gildas Alexander, the reason people hammered on this, and this is something that I go into in this uh, Oklahoma City Thunder preview that I'm that I is going to be coming out, I think Monday, possibly um, for the ringer or the dime drop. That's going to be a ringer piece. Okay. Uh, he he basically has like a seven one wingspan, that's outrageous, and, uh, and he's six six, and he's really slithery. You like he can he can get around screens. So basically, what you've got is, and I, I underestimated this in college. Like I didn't think about this as much as I should have. When he was in college, that is, um, he's he's a ball screen nightmare. Like for mm-hmm. because live dribble shooters in the NBA, he's so long and he can slither around screens. Yeah. And even he, if his body doesn't get there, one of his one of his tree branches does. Yeah, know? and and the main, the main thing too is you know he's not going to block. Uh, he he contested more shots than any rookie guard last year, and I think he was sixth in the NBA in terms of jump shots. He contested the most, uh, so he might not block it. But what you end up doing is you you, you don't you get take, a good shot. You watch a guy like Clay Thompson or C.J. McCollum or Damian Lillard, guys like that that like to shoot off the dribble in that pick-and-roll situation. Uh, Shea is the type of guy that irritates that and takes it away. So, And, and that's, you know, uh, when you do talk about those measurables that you can can be misleading, but it can also there's a reason people get excited about them because of things like you just said. It's the reason people don't want to, including Kentucky's coaches, don't want to give up on Nick Richards. He's a seven foot guy, six eleven, with a seven five wingspan, yeah. and massive hands. Uh, He's and, a freak, and he runs the floor. I mean, like if you were making a modern NBA center, just from a physical standpoint, he'd be Nick Richards. I mean, physically, yeah, yeah, just so. a, just a physical standpoint. Because he, I remember when he was a freshman, he outran. Uh, the point guard, Quaddy Green, in the in the uh, whatever three quarter court sprint that they do. Quaddy, not the not a fast guy, but that's not still the most limber. <laughs> but he's a six foot one, you know, one hundred and eighty pound dude, and and Nick Richards at six eleven, two fifty, outran him. He runs well. He jumps great. I mean, th- I think is even at that height. When you talk about like exponential adding to what how big you really are, like mm-hmm. your physical radius, I guess you'd say catch radius in football i always picture the john brinkus thing yeah right the like, sports yeah. science uh, <laughs> was a da vinci whatever the it human looks body like the da vinci drawing. thing yeah um but when you think about it, he's that big with that wide of a wingspan and then he jumps like 37 inches which is not like in general not a great but yeah, 37 like- 38 inches for a guy who's that heavy and that big already 
if if he puts his hands above his head and jumps straight off the floor, he's like twelve feet tall. So. I took some pictures of of um, his extension. I think it was in the Bahamas. I got some really good uh, pictures of him extending up and trying to blo- uh, block some shots or challenge some shots. Uh, his his reach is above anybody on this this year's team. Obviously, yeah. like he's and something that's important that was in your piece on the athletic that I would recommend people go and buy so that Kyle can keep this beautiful office and all this great <laughs> stuff. Actually, his wife pays the bills. That's we right. all know that so, she does. That is a fact. Uh, so no, I, he. Uh, you pointed this out, and Cal has said this, and Kenny Payne has said this, that he's on a different trajectory, and I think people overlook that a lot. Like, guys are on different trajectories. Like, you know, players that come to the game later, um, you know, some guys spend a lot of time and burn a lot of time, you know, tearing down bad habits. Right. Nick is building habits and learning how to play, and that's why you see – uh, you know that that that's a good reason to sort of take put an asterisk next to his development. Um, so, and I think too a, a smart. I think we talked about this a little bit, and it's also in that piece about the UK's big men. Um, they have they're really, really, really trying to focus with him, like what you do well. Like, don't do the things you do you don't you can't do. Don't try things in games. Try them in the summer, but don't try them in games. Run the floor. Run to the rim. Block shots. And, and rebound and never pass the ball. Don't just don't make mistakes to tear your confidence down. I'm so Nick's a guy that when you go to a combine setting will impress people. Let's take one more break and then we'll come back and just jump right back into this. So Nick is really Nick is important to the success of this team. You know whether or not he's ready to go into the draft in the spring remains to be seen. Um, I don't. I just think that he should take his time. That's another thing that these guys get really carried away with, and they don't let themselves. Uh, you know, they don't let the cake bake. Basically, yeah. you know. Well, and, and if they if they have, I think Nick is really a smart kid. Um, and I don't know how this will come off, but like. It's easy to think he's not because he has a big de- he's a big guy with a big voice who like I talk, think part who of talks it, like kind of slow and then in a big voice like he oh, just, Nick Richards but Nick has a goofiness about him I yeah, think that he's people, like a giant he sounds like a cartoon looks just, and sounds like a cartoon giant and so it's easy to think like and and you see him play and he's not he doesn't have the basketball IQ mm-hmm. and it's easy to think like maybe this guy is not that bright I'm telling you like Nick is a really thoughtful very smart kid who so I think I think it's one of the reasons he's still here because like another guy in his position a, a McDonald's All-American who's not getting a lot of minutes and it's not happening for him is going to transfer or he's going to go and just you know cast his lot in the G League or whatever I think Nick is smart enough to realize, realize like I'm here working with this guy Kenny Payne who has worked with the best big guys in the NBA and the big the, and they they swear by him they swear by him, and I'm watching them still come back and work out with them in the summers. I like going to the G League or going to some other program, even if this is hard, and sometimes I get embarrassed and people crap on me on social media. If I really want to do this, this is the place to be. And also, like, even if I, like, I never would have thought this, but I think there's a possibility that. Nick Richards could just say, like, I want to have a good junior year, and then I want to finally be great as a senior. And imagine that. Like, imagine having a, a, a senior who's – it's not about injury, like Willie or Alex. Like, and Willie only made it to his junior year. A, a McDonald's All-American guy who stays four years and just develops and develops and develops and develops. And I think if he approaches it like, 
this isn't, you know, this isn't like a, an indictment of me. This is me understanding I started the game five years ago. And if I stay four years at Kentucky, like now I really know how to play basketball and I actually might have a chance to make some money at it. Because for, for all the things that Nick maybe lacks, there are not a lot of human beings on planet Earth available who measure the way he does no, with yeah, the athleticism that he has. Yeah. So. And, and he's shown glimpses of uh, he, can, he can hit like a, like a 15-foot jumper. He's shown his mechanics are actually oh, if you, pretty good. That's like, why Cal says, like, you know, try that stuff in the summer. Work on it until you're 100% confident. Don't do it in games. But I've watched that dude, like, warm up on the baseline and hit, you know, 10, 15-footers in a row, nothing but net. I mean, he's – Got some pretty good He's touch. Got, yeah, we saw him in a we saw him in a game that I believe was that game that sort of tantalized everyone when he was a freshman, where he had like twenty five and fifteen. I think he hit eleven of twelve free throws in that game. He has great free throws. Are <laughs> you know they say one of the good one of the good projectors, but he also um, his you know Kenny Payne he comes in every year and teaches the big guys that one move over and over again and is that <laughs> that baby shot. hook across and the middle it's of the lane beautiful. and and Nick's. Nick's form is fantastic. I just think it's there could be a moment. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there could be a moment where it clicks and he just like locks into these simple things I do. Um, remember, and, and, remember the Notre Dame game when they finally said like, "Let's just throw the ball to Carl Towns." <laughs> yeah, and like over and over and, and over. Like, that I'm not saying he's Carl Towns. I'm saying like if you have a if you have some greatness out of Nick Richards, it'll be a game where they recognize he hits a couple early and they recognize there's a matchup and that he has the confidence. And I could see you doing that because as Cal said, if you, if he gets in the lane on you and gets that hook up, you're not blocking it. No, it's, un, it's unguardable. It is unguardable. Great extension and yeah. touch. Yeah. So anyway, I, we've talked a lot longer than about Nick specifically than we intended to, but um, we have, what do we have? A few more minutes here? Yeah, we do. I was going to say, um, you know, the other guys, EJ. We've talked a lot about EJ playmaking skills. I'm I'm hopeful that they integrate some of those and, and give him some some chances to display. Uh, I said something pretty audacious to Kyle over text. Uh, one of my great hills that I'm willing to die on is I think that EJ has some of the highest ball sk- like I don't know how to phrase this spit exactly. it out man I think that EJ has some of the best raw b- ball skills of a big guy that has played at Kentucky in a long time in the Cal era I think that he could uh, well you know obviously he's not going to be as good as Boogie or as Anthony Davis but as a passer EJ is really really gifted and I think that people are underselling it. I think that people haven't seen it yet. I've seen him make some middle of the floor reads and passes that are straight up like borderline elite level yeah. reads. No, like I think- I th- he's a real talent and I and I'm hoping that he puts it together. The shooting will just make will take him to another level. Yeah. And the, and the defense obviously too. Yeah. Well, and I have floated your idea to people close to the program about him being a you know, a high end passer among big men in the Calipari era and gotten no pushback. Okay, good. Uh, and I'm getting some reports about the way he looks in practice and the way he's using some of those skills. Um, I think people should be like cautiously very excited. Yeah. Um, you he know, under, under, understanding that like, it's probably not going to be a day one thing this season. Like he's not going to come out and every piece of his game is there. But I think he'll start to show. 
EJ was really good in some games last year. I he mean, made some he, critical <laughs> plays, and they were rebounds. Big, Remember that Florida big game? In, and, and what I like about those were they were big in traffic, away from the play, uh, where you've got to contort your body and use your length Bought and tip it to yourself, you know, grip it to you know, yourself. I, there were some high-level plays, a couple high-level blocks that he made. Uh, he's a really good help side. Not really good, but he's a he's a... I think a threat as a help side uh, shot blocker uh, off the ball. Um, but, you know, when I went down, I think I may have been sending you some of the videos from the workout when I went down last su- two summers ago and watched Ashton and EJ work out. And, like, he's so skilled. And, he is. And people I... just – people have not seen the best of him. Um, and, and the thing about him, you know, Cal used Anthony Davis some in recruiting him. And there are some similarities. He didn't have the insane growth spurt, but he had a pretty big one late. As late as eighth grade, I think, he was a point guard. He was like the a six, he was like him. an eighth grade six seven point guard. Yeah. You know, running in transition, handling the ball. Parents are both coaches. He comes from his sisters played college D1 coaches. Back. They were sisters played D one. I mean sister played at Auburn and at um, gosh, I mean, they were both high level and they both played overseas as pros. It's a basketball family. Um and so there's a lot of skills that have been developed. And he, he used to go call himself BGN, Big Guard Nation. Uh, uh, kind of silly, but it, it tells you a little bit about his mentality. And yeah. so, anyway, I, I think EJ will be one of those guys who tantalizes the NBA scouts at the uh, at the um, pro day. Beca- and part two, because he looks a lot different than he looked last year. If they came and saw him last year, the dude is filled out. I mean, he's probably put on 15, 20 pounds. He looks like he's lifted hard. Uh, that's big to get just to have some confidence bumping and grinding down in the paint. So, well, we messed around here and did a whole episode there. Uh, I could, I mean, this is the kind of stuff uh, that I can talk about all day. <laughs> and we're going to. It's when, when, when basketball season really cranks up, we're going to have a lot of one of the reasons I was excited to have you on with me, Kyle, is because you're smarter than me about basketball and you do, you stare at this stuff all day. And especially when it comes to the NBA and what translates. Guys, if you're listening, it's going to be really cool. Kyle's very, very good, and, no, and uh, I, I'll make the jokes, and he can do the impressions and the basketball analysis. But <laughs> yeah. we're going to have a lot, a lot, I'll a lot of fun. I'll do impression of a basketball analysis. So. <laughs> Hopefully this will be kind of a tease for some of the talk. Not every episode will be this way, but we're going we're gonna, to uh, get a little in the weeds basketball nerdy style. Love it. Love it. Love you guys. So, hey, uh, you know what? Go and give us a review. Rate us. Uh, follow me on Twitter at jkylemann. Uh, subscri- uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Dime Drop. Follow Kyle at KyleTucker underscore A-T-H. Um, you know what? We will see you next week. Well, actually, no, we're gonna we're, po- we're pocketing this one. So we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Later on, everybody. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.